0: Entrepreneurship is the big buzzword, right? The government is pushing real hard here in Singapore for you not just to position yourself for another career, but maybe consider setting up shop here and shape your own career through a business. I think this is a great move forward to grow local capital. But for many people that have been subscribed to the whole working hard, corporate world kind of thing, things are not as easy as, oh, let's just start a business. So how do we leverage on our corporate experience to aid us in this process of venturing out into the great big world
1: Welcome
0: to another Chills with TFC session. In this series, we have to bring on interesting, relevant people to help us learn better from various perspectives. Life is not always about learning from people that you already agree with. Perspectives shape around the thinkers. In our pursuit of the life we love or managing our finances, well, our guest today was a corporate high flyer from one of the biggest banks in Singapore. Top 10 bankers, to be exact, and he went on a cheesy ride of no return into entrepreneurship when he was sent to Silicon Valley on a corporate job. The transition is painful, but I would say that he believes it's worth So I would like to introduce you to Gustavo Liu from Rescale Lab, a venture building ecosystem. Essentially, what they do is they help people start businesses and they build a software stack to facilitate this process. So yeah, he has a lot to share. Welcome back. So I think a lot of our listeners are, you know, employees at this moment in time, right? So they're all trying to like kind of live their life and whatnot, you know, but I do do believe that people at certain parts of their life... um, they definitely considered being an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. right? So if they have never settled in the whole like employee thing, then that's fine, right? You know, but some people, they have already settled in with the whole employee mindset and,
1: you know, like, yeah, yeah.
0: So in in that way of life, what do you think is the main challenges for for some of these guys to try to become an entrepreneur?
1: Um, I think overall is a mindset situation. Let me take a couple of steps back is education. I don't, I'm not here to criticize education in any shape or form. It's just traditional education is typically um, problematic for entrepreneurship. And that is one of the biggest debates, whether this is um, de-risking an individual from having to have that entrepreneurial mindset. Because if you look at in the education system in the 80s and even the 90s, a lot of that is based on how can you turn an individual to be more corporate, to be a more loyal um, staff right and and that sense of loyalty especially in certain cultures today like um, Japan and um, certain areas um, of managerial sort of learning it's not about um, being an entrepreneurial leader it's about Being uh, staff, Mm -hmm. and so with that, I would say that it is ingrained in us to be able to convert ourselves and and be open to understand entrepreneurial. Yeah, entrepreneurship has been open since forever. I mean, medieval times, right? Like people would just travel and and money making money, all of that. But if you look at the tech startup ecosystem today, which I would like to sort of separate that from what our parents used to do in terms of you know. Building a traditional business, um, is a very different ball game altogether. Because today you do have to go out and fundraise, and there is expected of you to um, generate a certain degree of traction. And even uh, success metrics of success that w- how we define it in the tech startup ecosystem today is very different from how. Um, our you know previous sort of century um, the entrepreneur's century yeah previous uh, <laughs> like how do i define old that people, generation yeah. that, the previous <laughs> entrepreneur um, their mindset it's all about having more control mm-hmm. and it's all about um, making profit as soon as you can and you don't scale unless you have enough money in the bank account. Whereas today, it's okay for you to go in the negative for like five or six years, uh, as long as you can generate a very good sort of um, traction and and a lot of user growth. So classic example of that would be companies like Carousel, Amazon, uh, e-commerce companies Mm -hmm. in large. They can go for a long period of time without um, revenue. Uh, Well, revenue, yes, but no um, profitability. Um, But at the same time, they can as long as they can get a lot of um, interest and a lot of customer base sort of onboarding, that is considered a, a way of looking at success, right? Okay, so, so then for someone that is like, you
0: know, transiting, right, in that sense, because it's like a whole new world in the tech space, you know, a whole new way to manufacture, th- like a whole new way to create a business in itself, right? It's not the same as the past and is definitely different from being an employee, right? Because of your experience working with all these people, right? What are some of their major pain points that a lot of these guys will face?
1: Well, as I said earlier, um, mindset is, is one. Second is um, lack of um, guidance and so sort of confusing um, resources and directions that they received <laughs> online. Confusing. Like, it's, it is confusing. And <laughs> and I know this, it may sound like a very interesting Choice of word, but it is sort of like, you know, you've got Google, which has got all of that. One of the great things about, and I was just having this conversation this morning with one of the other founders was, yeah, I think if you were born in the 80s or even earlier, um, you had lesser information on how to start a business. And so the criticism back then was like, how do we, you know, learn how to become a start, startup? Today, you have. In the other problem the other side of it was just too much information everybody is ser- suddenly a guru <laughs> of, of starting a business <laughs> and the most common um, feedback that I get from many of my mentees that are navigating through this confusion is like who do I listen to person A just told me that I need to do this. And person B now is telling me that I need to you know, start small. And then the, the other guy is telling me that I need to look at the big picture and think global. I mean, for, <laughs> yeah. For, you, you can you imagine like how confusing it can be?
0: yes, yes.
1: yes. And it's scary. It's very mm-hmm. scary because th- these people that are giving you advice, they don't have their skin in your business. They're not wrong. They're, they're doing their best to, you know, give you a piece of that wisdom.
0: That is debatable. The best is debatable. Yeah, but <laughs> it's a, it's a, I would
1: say that it's a piece of wisdom, yes, right? It's sort yes. of like you can't blame your parents for the way that they raised you. For You know, they've, they've mm-hmm. done many things that they've uh, wrong, but uh, looking back, right? But mm-hmm. in their mind, at that point in time, that was the right thing. So it's a little bit like being an advisor. There are many business advisors out there. Um, and I have many stories um, <laughs> that go through that. Uh, we can come back to this yes, later on. Yes. But the point here is that every advisor has, a, has an opinion. Mm. But then you as the sort of starting out, transitioning out of corporate and coming into the entrepreneurship, um, sort of becoming a startup founder, um, have to be the one that live with it every day. Mm. And so whatever advice you choose to listen to or whatever um, actions you take, you are accountable to it. And that is the thing that I was very aware when I started myself. And this is the same thing that I would usually, um, you know, recommend to some of my mentees that, you know, yeah, there's a lot of advice. And even my advice, I wouldn't say it's the, the ultimate sort of advice, right? You could listen to, like, very well-known sort of um, uh, founders like Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk or uh, all of the, those well-known. But look, it's their advice, Mm. Ultimately, listen to what you think makes sense and do the necessary to sort of learn through what would be rela- related to your business and then, to, you know, act on it and know that that is a decision that you made. So the other pain points that I thought were um, directly I experienced and I see a lot of people experience well is the people around them. Your old friends, so that previous network, um, that we build around our lives, right? Um, including your family members and everything. All of that sort of um, support network may not be as relevant anymore or or they may have very little understanding of what you as an entrepreneur, what aspiring entrepreneur is about to go through. <laughs> aspiring. Aspiring, yeah. Because you can... It's kinda, <laughs> you're not yet
0: there. You're not, not yet there, there. <laughs> yet, yeah, yeah.
1: But you've got the aspiration. Yeah, that yeah, the like, I'm going to
0: quit and do this. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And that process requires um, people around you that understand what you're going through. Mm -hmm. And I would say that if you're not comfortable putting yourself out there, especially going out there and network, if you, in other words, I hate to say that those are introverts because they aren't. Mm -hmm. There are many people who I would consider extroverts who equally would be uncomfortable to suddenly jump into a network of people, you know, and start talking about Startups or technology, if that is not what they're comfortable with. But it's certainly just going out there and trying to build and meet new people. That is a challenge. Inevitably, at this stage, there will be a lot of people that will question you. And they will doubt, you know, why are you doing this? And even people who are already in the ecosystem, there are many cocky people that feel like, you know, (laughs) I've already gotten there. right? And so uh, you probably have seen them as you were like Mm -hmm. going around these networking events. And so those can be discouraging Mm. for somebody who is already struggling and at the same time trying to find its way to becoming an entrepreneur. Mm, mm. So those, I would say, will be more of the challenges from a mindset perspective. There are other challenges as well, but one of the areas that I focus a lot is on the human component, the mindset, the people component. Mm. Um, I think think if you talk to other sort of um, advisors and mentors, they would say, you know, financial... Will be an issue, business um, opportunities and partnerships and all that. Yeah, all of those are problem. But I feel like everything starts from the mindset. Mm,
0: okay. So then when you talk about like changing your network essentially, right? You got to hang out with new people and you got to like be around people that uh, you know, more entrepreneurial, aspiring entrepreneurs. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So, how, how do you go about doing that? How do you go about choosing these people to then hang out with? You know, over time, people just get so comfortable with the same bunch of people.
1: Yeah. Right. So, we I mean, we are creatures of like, you know, we're herd, right? Yes. That's how our ancestors evolved. But I would say that it, there's no right or wrong answer for that. Because when you're dealing with people, and depending on where you are, just say you, if you're, trying to build that network in Singapore. It would be a very different experience if you went to Indonesia, Jakarta, or KL. The ecosystem there, depending on how mature it is and what type of um, people, what type of businesses are, are commonly found in those type of networking events, it really depends. When I was in KL, I found that certain um, co-working spaces, actually the founders weren't tech-related at all. Like a lot of them, Um, were probably doing spices or they were doing manufacturing or or any sort of pet food, right? Which is really interesting because you don't find those in Singapore. Whereas in Singapore, at one point, I'm not sure if you remember, um, back in 2017 or or 16, it's like all these people were talking about blockchain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everywhere you turn your head (laughs) is like crypto stuff, right? Yes, yes, yes. Today, you know, what happened to (laughs) all of that discussion is like sort of, it completely shifted. So it really depends on the environment it depends on the the time period that whatever is sexy at that point in time. Right now, what is sexy and, and what relates for anybody who is trying to at least get started, I would say, read up a little bit on certain um, topics that are on trend. Like? Like, like AI, right? That is up. Yeah, okay. the problem with artificial intelligence is that it just, it just keeps coming back. Mm. Um, but then it goes off again and then it comes back again. Augmented reality um, was a topic that was very hot in mm. in the 15, sort of 16. But then it kind of died off around 18, 19. Um, and then now it's slowly sort of crippling back mm. again. Mm. There's a lot of discussion on sustainability. For those that are trying to understand whether they should build a tech startup, they try to understand... Um, what type of would you would like to build? Is it something like a sustainable ecosystem, um, solving certain issues in the environment, in people, empowerment, accessibility? These are all terms that it would help to sort of start a, a conversation. The biggest challenge, I think, even for myself, if I meet somebody who is about to start and they, they don't know how to start, at least we need to have some basic um, conversation going and so there's certain terms that it is simply by listening to more podcasts right? <laughs> <laughs> for example uh-huh. or um reading more about certain things about the startup ecosystem you know being in touch with um certain um sort of news platforms like taking Tech asia TechCrunch. E twenty seven and all of that. Mm-hmm. It would allow them to just be immersed more with the with those words that yeah. that would allow them. But be aren't
0: inclusive. you like I? I'm always very, uh, when I go to events or when I meet people, and they keep throwing buzzword at me. You know, it's like a read, like, this person knows nothing. <laughs> you know nothing. It's, yeah. like, it's like, ding, 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 ding. It's just buzzwords. You know, I want the person to be able to explain to me and, you know, th- those kind of stuff.
1: I totally agree. Yeah. Um, and that is some, some of the things that um, very young, sort of new coming in as entrepreneurs, they would want to show that they know a lot of things. So they started <laughs> to throw all of these. Yes, keywords. yes. Um, I also remember, like, when I was a banker, when I first mm. started um I don't know what securities, derivatives, you know, what options were. Even today, I find a lot of early bankers, they don't know what options are on that, but they, they throw it just like everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And the startup ecosystem is sort of like that, it's mm-hmm. there, especially when there's just so much um, new tech. And the period that it's, you know, we see new tech sort of being introduced nowadays, it's gotten shorter and shorter. I mean, we didn't even have a term to define the difference between virtual reality and augmented reality many years back, and, and now we're clearly, and now there's like mixed reality, right, and then what is the difference between all the, all of these different realities. Then you've got AI, which is a commonly used term back in the 40s for describing anything that could mimic like, you know, intelligent, human intelligence, but then now you've got everything from like, you know, visual AI to graphic AI to blockchain AI, um, you know, all of the different terms. Um, it's not enough to just know the terms. And that is why that continuous learning is so important. If there is a particular term that um, you choose to learn as an aspiring entrepreneur, I would strongly advise that um, read more about it. Yeah, it's okay. Start off by just throwing those terms, but really be interested. Because what I find is that a lot of people just pick it up to make them sound smart, but they're not interested at all Mm -hmm. in those topics. One classic, example would be blockchain <laughs> Case in point. yeah just... because a lot of people would like to talk about blockchain but when you sit down with them and you have maybe two lines of conversation you realize all their knowledge revolves around crypto mm, mm. and that is no blockchain that is crypto and so what exactly is blockchain and why was it so hot and what was the white papers about all of that i would strongly suggest that at least learn a little bit more on those areas um, and I think we live in an area that is, I mean, social media has made it so easy for us to learn. Mm. I mean, you don't even have to read nowadays, right? There's podcasts that you can listen to, there's YouTube that you can watch, um, everything made into infographics, and there is all these cartoons. It couldn't get easier to learn today on, mm. on those technical topics. Which is why you, you talk a lot about
0: like, focusing on the individual right focusing on the mindset of the person right because a lot of these skill sets and a lot of these kind of knowledge they're everywhere right these days it's so easy to find them like and i even when i struggle to kind of find like which information is accurate which information like fits me because it, it has its wisdom but does it fit me right so from from an from an entrepreneur's viewpoint i think for for myself i've not gone through this process of like corporate to, like, starting my own business. I've always Lucky been... you. Yeah, I've always been an entrepreneur. So I've always been, you know, failing and failing. <laughs> failing. I, wish,
1: I wish I had gone through that. Yeah. I, th- I wish that um, I had gotten out, even maybe not even going to university. Nothing wrong with university. But if you were to ask me, honestly... I didn't know what I was going to study in university because I had no experience and I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I, did I want to be an astronaut or do I want to be a doctor? <laughs> I think that's what every kid aspires to be, right?
0: No, that's what every family aspires their kid to yeah. be. <laughs> well, depending. If, if you came from Taiwan or maybe or really certain cultures,
1: like your parents would want you to be a lawyer, a doctor or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, my parents were entrepreneurs. Mm. But what did they want me to become? A doctor mm. or a lawyer. <laughs> ah, okay, okay, cultural norms. Yeah, yes. and, and that was what their, their their perception of success was. If you look at sort of where would I have wished to start, I would have wished to have done what you did, which is, okay, let me go out and just start something. Because only by starting your own business that you get your hands dirty on all of the different aspects of a business. Yeah. Whereas I felt that having this risk myself by joining um, my career path, right? It's risking really my career path by joining, um, various different type of businesses. Um, i working for other people. It was sort of like being focused and specializing in a very particular area that it, it consumed my time and mm. the time would be the opportunity that I would have used to learn, um, all these other aspects that it, it takes to, to make a business successful.
0: Yeah, and, and okay, it's it's not just about the time, okay? I think there is this one part about it. So I okay, I did short stints for people. Like, recently, this was a long stint. Right? I worked for a cloud computing company, an infrastructure service, okay? So, I did that for about a year-odd, right? So, slightly north of the year. And I was so comfortable with the, like, recurring job, you know, recurring work and, like, recurring pay, you know. So there was so much certainty, right? For like a better way to put it, if you go- Comfort. To, yeah, a lot of comfort, a lot of certainty, a lot of assurance, right? Even I felt like, oh, now I have to go back to the jungle, right? I have to go back to becoming an entrepreneur. I was like, ah, oh, my. You got to hunt for yourself. Yeah, I got to
1: hunt. There's so Skiing much- Skin the fish. Yes, and, yes. You know, put up your fire and yes. grill all of yes. it. Yeah,
0: so much anxiety and it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's hard, right? So how did you manage that part? You know, because you were so successful doing the co-corporate, path, and yep. then you decided to spin out, right? And then, like, how,
1: how, how did that go? Well, yeah, I, I would say that I, was re- I did it really well, and I adapted to that habitat, right, mm. for really, really well. I, in fact, I was one of the top 15 private bankers out of UOB, and transitioning out was the most difficult. I think it was it would have been very maybe some, somewhat different if I was squeezed out of my job and I had no other sort of path to choose and, and that is where you see a lot of sort of ex-bankers yes. sort of because of the sick circumstances. But that was not my case. I chose to get out. And that was problematic because for various months I kept reminding myself and you know there was just this little devil in the back of my head. It's just like what are you doing? you had a great job and you had a great pay and you could have fed like a family of 10, right? But now you are in this hobby, right? <laughs> that, that you thought, and what are you doing here again? Like, you know, in the middle of California where nobody knows you and you are completely unfamiliar with the thing and nobody cares about your, your, your successful past, right? Mm. Um, everything that you achieved up to that point, Certainly was irrelevant Mm -hmm. because you are now, you know, in the same playing field as that 18-year-old who just did six exits with his brother because he started in life um, as an entrepreneur much earlier, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. and the type of conversations that you were having with this kid was just like it blows your mind because and this is essentially what I went through, right? I wouldn't say middle age, but I was like in my (laughs) coming close to 40. And I was just, you know, this guy knows far more things about technology than I did. And, and I had a computer science degree, but I didn't pursue um, programming throughout the bulk of my golden years in, in, in my banking career. And this guy didn't even learn to code, but he's so much more intertwined with what is happening today in the, in the tech environment than I, I ever was. And that I envy that. Because if I looked at the way that if there was another um, global sort of economy meltdown, which happened in Mm -hmm. 2007, and I had to go through the entire sort of banking meltdown, right, the banking industry, this guy would probably survive and transition and adapt much faster than I would have had. Because I was so jaded and um, used to that corporate lifestyle that now transitioning out, I had to retrain, rebuild, relearn everything that I spent 12 years sort of accumulating knowledge in. Mm. What are
0: some of these things that you really had to throw out? You
1: know, Oh, I would say like 90, 90%. <laughs> yeah, everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, first of all, pride. Okay. Right, that, that pride... Yeah, I mean that I'm a
0: top banker. Yeah, know, like, and I worked
1: here, yeah. and I come from Singapore, and Singapore is one of the most respected sort of financial institutions around the world. And that I knew what you know, at least I knew how to explain what options were. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what a straddle and what butterfly. You know, um, you know, options are. Um, but none of it mattered because from this point on, that all of that is no longer relevant because right now what I need to figure out is how am I going to make money? How am I going to build a value proposition for myself so that when I'm going around in these co-working spaces and passing around my one man CEO <laughs> business card, right? There's gotta be somebody that would be interested to, to talk to me. And, you know, and, and thirdly, like the, the most important thing, what, what am I building? I mean, yeah, I might have an idea of what I wanted to build, but what did I really wanted to build was a whole different story. Because what I wish to build, as you may know, you know, ideas are cheap. It's not <laughs> always the the most you know um, the real startups that, that you eventually come. I think those were some of the earlier the real challenges. The other thing I would say is that what just on this point is that a lot of early stage transitioning out. Or at least starting out as an entrepreneur, they end up being too enamored by at uh, some inspiration that they've gotten in their head, and that thing is very misleading. They don't spend enough time trying to um, talk to enough people and validate and all of that, and that that's usually yeah. Um, Give
0: me some idea on that. Like, what is the context about like to being too enamored by by yeah. a certain thought, like
1: so. Um, From a personal perspective, for example, when I first started as a banker, I was like, yeah, I love traveling. And of course, right? Because I had a lot of income to spend yeah, yeah. on and, and you know corporate life and right? corporate and, flights yeah yes, and yes. then a lot of um, benefits yeah, such as hotel, so. well not only that but like also like 36 days of annual mm, leave and, yes. and you've got 30 days of you know today you,
0: yes I've never ever recalled that yeah, <laughs> yeah but like my friends are I'm on leave I was like what is leave right yeah so I was <laughs> like well,
1: I'm not even on leave when I'm like at the beach right but that kind of life that so you can completely switch off and the fact that I had that it was sort of like you know the ability to be able to to take that and and spend a lot of time traveling so my first idea was like well how about if i just could get people to bring stuff from overseas and then people that are living from singapore could help them carry stuff to another country, so that would be uh, almost, I wouldn't say a better exchange, but there would be some transaction happening there. so it's sort of like, you know, overseas traveling, all of that, boy, if I had come up with that story right now, I think well, I would be like, it, you know, completely a total failure, <laughs> given all these travel restrictions, but back then was, you know, this was early 2015, I was just thinking, I was still having, comfortable in my banking job, I was like, why don't I create an app that allows the connectivity, um all of that did very little research i googled didn't find anything and we just i kind of saw my friend on the idea and the two of us put 2500 um into this thing as so we had this capi- 5000 capital which is like okay let's go and hire outsource um, a team in india and get them to build this app that was like, we thought that was going to be the next unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) And so the moment we, we halfway through building this thing, we were like, oh my God, like there were three apps that already existed that were doing exactly the same thing and they were all struggling to take off, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And, the other thing was there were just so many things that we didn't take into consideration. As I began to share more about the idea, I found that people were, you know, were everything from like, this is a really bad idea to like, oh, why don't you, th- you know, consider doing this and that? Like, and they were giving all of these different advices that were just like nothing related to what I thought was a, a unicorn idea.
0: It always happens. When you tell someone always. your idea,
1: and then they will have this like,
0: oh, you, maybe you should try this other thing. I'm yeah. like, oh,
1: dude, but you find that, you, looking back, you think that, okay, you were making a mistake. Mm. But now that I'm on this side and I've, like, gone through so many failures um, and, you know, built so many businesses, looking back, and as I'm listening to somebody now, it just, it's a very similar story. Everybody's sort of trying to get into a new business idea, all of that. They, they have this idea that they're so enamored. Nobody can tell them wrong. Mm. And so you you kind of have to let them make their own mistakes. It's a little bit like um, I'm a nerd, so I would always refer back to Star Wars, right? And Star Wars. Yeah, and mm. everybody's sort of Han Solo mm. and we're all Han Solos trying to discover who our father is, right? And and on this journey, you be you pick up bits little bits and pieces of wisdom and you you end up with very scars, but ultimately um, th- whatever that direction that you thought you were gonna start at the beginning may not be the ultimate direction that you actually end up. Yeah. So
0: so you have all these scars for sure. Everybody has scars. We all, like we yeah. all have scars. Like how do you manage the scars? You know, like it's so painful.
1: So as um what are, one of the areas that I that I yeah. mentioned earlier, that's that network. Yeah. Right? The relevant network that you surround yourself. Um you are uh, there's, this is oversaid and it's cliche but I do yeah. strongly believe that you are the, the sum of the, uh, the five people that you surround yourself with. That's
0: the thing, right? Every time sometimes you believe in something and everybody starts saying it and yeah. like, I don't want to yeah. say this anymore. But I do yes.
1: think that there is that contagion effect mm. um, and if I was going to rephrase it in another manner it would have been you know, how you influence each other and who do you want to be influenced by. Mm. And I knew f- our a very early phase when I was um, sort of transitioning out of my corporate job into the startup world I knew that the people surrounding me I mean those kind of three four hundred champagne branches <laughs> were the you know no I know, problem I know. yeah no problem <laughs> here this is my card right and it was not the group of people that I actually continue to surround myself they were friends and I know they will always be there and thank god today they they are most of them are still very close friends to me and And, you know, I I catch up with them on a regular basis, but they will not understand what I am going through in this entrepreneurial journey, that only me uh, and myself, I will be able to discover that. And so one thing is, how how much do you want it? And to me, was as as much as removing myself out of Singapore, buying a one-way ticket into somewhere that everybody talked about was the entrepreneurial um, environment which was u.s and i ended up buying one way ticket packing my bags into two sort of luggages and just i told myself i will not come back until i have really immerse myself into the ecosystem and I have picked up um, something that could be validated and brought into Singapore. At at that point was sort of everybody I surrounded myself with was people that I, you know, I was just in that kind of environment 24 seven. The other thing is, I'm usually quite curious in nature as a child, always very curious. And so, social media today has made it very easy for me to pick up a lot of entrepreneurial insights, um startup insights and tech insights. And so um podcast, I was a fanatic of podcast. I'm mean, still am. Um, what is your favorite podcast? Um what financial coconut? Ah, <laughs> rubbish <laughs> uh, But that is Singapore, right? So uh, but I would say like back then. Uh, mm-hmm. So I want I would but how did I transition out of uh, uh, yes, yes, um, yes. Um, the corporate job and how did podcast help me? I think it's the uh, Gimla Media. Oh love um, Gimlet, yes. Yeah, so Alex Bloomberg, his journey, startup was sort of recommended. And I picked up that podcast very early. Actually, when Alex Bloomberg was recording his first two or third recording, I was already a listener. A listener Dude, to
0: you're like early adopter.
1: I know, mm. right? God. Mm. Yeah, So, but then it helped me because it, here and then, I will still go back and I will still listen yes. to those earlier ones because it's a reminder of all that awkwardness and all of that... Um, difficult conversations and the sort of um challenging um structure that you need to understand as you are facing an investor or facing a co-founder i mean literally it is it was very awkward i mean if you listen to how i think there's a how alex Bloomberg recorded it from the beginning the first few recordings everything from the conversation he had to have with his wife with um all of that seldom do we see that being so clearly documented yes, and yes. narrated, yes. right? So the that it, with
0: Saka and everything. Yeah. Yes.
1: So with Saka was like, came after, but like, the earlier conversations of him transitioning out of um, this American life and going to that. And, you know, if Alex, if you're listening to this and you know, I'm a huge fan of yours, but I would say <laughs> me that... Me too. <laughs> yeah. And I would say that one of the reasons why I'm, I, 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 I'm a fan of his because his journey inspired me that, Anybody can do it. Yeah. And it is hard. Mm. But that is precisely why it's so much more rewarding. I mean, looking where, you know, G- Gimlet Media is today, it mm. just goes sold off to... 200 uh, million to yeah, Spotify, yes. Yeah. Mm. And that is what we all kind of aspire to be. Mm. But th- we all start somewhere. And so going back to your question in terms of what is the hardest, is that as you're navigating through those pains and those challenges. And when the future doesn't seem to be very clear, you know, it's it just constant reminder that it's gonna lead to somewhere. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the destination that you thought it would have been, but there's there's kind of hope at the end of the tunnel. And that is kind of how it is. Uh, that startup recording gave us a, a, a sort of as insight on the earlier steps of where you can see anything. But we always start in the same manner. Mm.
0: So, so then at what point do you start to see that light? You know what I mean? Like for, for a very long time, it will be like... Do uh, I see, can what? I still see that yeah. light? I think. <laughs> um, yeah, very deep, huh? Very
1: deep. <laughs> I think, let me put it in another manner. I talked to a lot of founders today as well. And I would say that the common trend is that there's always a perceived light. And there is always flickers of, like, signals here and there. And they're everywhere. There are signals everywhere. But you just don't know which one to follow. And as founders is what um, I would say we're kind of like, you know, trying to navigate with a lot of founders and even myself, we're trying to look at things with our glasses. And it's extremely hard because when we're looking at things at the, with our glasses we lose sight of where the blinking light is so it does make sense to sometimes to put down our glasses and to bring up our binoculars because that is what it's going to keep us on on that track um, and that that is essentially the the areas that are, that i'm still struggling and i would say many of my mentees and many startups struggle the common trend is that there's so many points where you think you're at near death or you think that Yeah yes. We can all relate to that right? Yes Oh my god It's like um, uh, But somehow Something happens Something unexpected happens Really unexpected Like super really?
0: random Weird shit yeah.
1: happens Yes And you can't explain it why. I mean, this is not like, you know, a fairy godmother is going sh- 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 <laughs> to, you know, descend from sky or anything like that. Mm. But it's not like that. Mm. But it's just that somehow, you know, you would end up meeting this person that will inspire you to think otherwise. Mm. Sometimes you realize that darkest of the darkest hours that you thought you were in wasn't actually that dark. Mm-hmm. And it was just a mindset uh, shift to suddenly you know, and then you see the blinking light again. So a lot of the time I feel that it's a mindset issue. Yeah. So, so, so it's,
0: it sounds like there is one thing that leads you to another to lead you to another, mm-hmm. right? So so that is like very forward moving, right? But I think there are also a lot of people that are going to try and they are going to quit, right? It's 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 pretty normal, right? Mm-hmm. Much like any other thing, mm-hmm. right? So how do you then not quit? You know what I mean? Because it's so easy to quit. Like, you, if you transit off your corporate job, you try your idea for one to two to three yeah. years and it's like, ah, I don't and I do this. Can I answer the
1: question through a story? So yes. basically, um, I mentioned earlier that I was traveling a lot and a lot of it was vacation. And one of the things that I like to do as, you know, later on I learned on why entrepreneurs like to do risky stuff is because <laughs> they're, you know, I mean, entrepreneurial journey is a risky journey. But much earlier when I was in, in the bank, um, I would take long trips like two-week trips to doing hikes. And these are very dangerous hikes. I mean, we talk about there are certain mountains in New Zealand where you end up um, having death um, situations every year, right? And those are the hikes that really excited me. I just wanted to complete those. But I remember that um, every time I get into the middle of it, which is the steepest and the coldest, um, and there are points where you cannot stop. You just need to follow through. And there's only like maybe two or three of you. So there isn't much help. So if anything happens and, and you're in an accident, you might end up not being discovered because there's no cellular uh, reception. There's, there's just no areas that do that. And I remember this particular incident where um, it was during winter and we were trying to hike through, I can't remember the name of that mountain, but it was a very steep um, and it was very dangerous there were a couple of deaths already that happened that year. And uh, one of my friends was already in front of me. There was only two of us and he was already in front of me and I was walking behind him and we could not stop because uh, there was like snow and we needed to get to the next hut and the next hut, we wouldn't be able to achieve that until like four hours later. And I began to um, be very cold and I needed to like literally poop, I needed to shit. Sorry, it's gonna get a little bit graphic, um, that I shit in my pants. I literally did, and I couldn't stop. And there was only one step at a time that I could take it. I could keep moving forward, and I felt like I was about to faint. I was about to pass out. But if you pass out, because it's so steep that you begin to roll down all the way, and it was like 800 <laughs> I don't know how many kilometers or how many meters it was, but it was very, very high. And so you just have to keep moving forward. There's just no other condition there's you can't turn back because turning back is another four hours back and so you the only option for you is just keep moving forward and that is how you kind of feel like you are in a startup ecosystem in fact to answer your question then how do you not quit i find that the people that have a safety net or that have had um another option um the few ones right they don't usually um, could move forward. In fact, if you look at the, the impact or the scale of the business they're able to achieve, is not as, t- typically don't tend to be as big as somebody who has nothing else left but to keep moving forward. And that is the only direction that you can move forward. And that is kind of how I remind myself now. And I oftentimes ask myself, back then when I was there, um, what was really going through my mind? Because the easier thing was, let's give up. But then we're going to have to either call a helicopter to come and lift me up, which happens a lot. But then the other option would be, um, well, there's no other option, right? You you just die, right? Um, that's kind of how it is Like when you're doing a startup. Your business, you can't give up. You can't quit. There's no option. Quitting isn't even an option. Because there are eight people in your company that is depending on you to bring revenue and investors' fundings and, you know, um, keep the business direction going. There are investors that have believed in you. They've given you their money, believing that you are going to make the right decisions and, and make the right call in situations like that. And so, what do you do? And so, the advice that I keep giving myself is that as long as you're breathing, you're fine. Just keep breathing. And, take your next step, take another breath breath and deep, deep breath and take another step. And incrementally, as you do more of that, you begin to see, oh, the hut is just there. Just maybe 30 hours, uh, 30 minutes, 30 hours, yeah. <laughs> <It's>, uh, 30 <laughs> minutes more and you can mm. see it. Mm. And that is kind of how it is for any aspiring sort of uh, period, right? Where you can't see much but you just have to remind yourself that it's just as long as you're breathing, you're fine. Wow. There's a long way of explaining how not to quit.
0: No, but that is, that, is, that is good, really. Thank you. Like, <laughs> thanks for coming on and um, I think we'll, we'll have you again. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, to talk about more entrepreneurship stuff. Cool. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Thank
1: you so much for having me on the, awesome. on the show.
0: You learned something useful to today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial Coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group, follow us on our socials, sign up for our weekly newsletter, everything is in the description below. And if you love us, want well, help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. Also, if you have some interesting thoughts to share or know someone that you want to hear more from, reach out to us through helloanddependentiococonut.com. With that, have a great day ahead. Stay tuned next week. And always remember, personal finance can be chill, clear and sustainable for all. Okay, so I hope you've learned some good stuff with Gus. Um, they run Reskill Lab, which is um, a accelerated incubator program that's trying to help people start high-growth tech startups essentially means uh, they're not very interested to help you start your own cafe or do your own like consultancy business and whatnot, run a side hustle, Instagram store, what have you. But the reality is entrepreneurs come in all forms, shapes and sizes and we can all learn from each other. Not everybody is trying to go for their super high growth, you know, break the market, create a whole new thing kind of business where you can get super big investments and all the kind of stuff. And many other people that just want to run a small little community store in their Tempani smart ecosystem and whatnot, right? So, I used to say in so and so, okay? So, if you are interested to be an entrepreneur, I welcome you to check out our other new show. So if you're running a site hustle, you're starting your own site consultancy, you run an Instagram store, to me, they're all kind of like starting your own business. They have a very different way to look at it. It's not like a job, right? So if you are starting your own business, running your own site hustle and want to explore this thing, I welcome you to our new show, Our Entrepreneurship Show, right? Very cute, huh? It's a good name. And we've gathered one season, seven episodes, with all these different founders in different fields. Some people run athletes events. Some people run their own cafe. We have Fast Growth Startup. We have tech tech startups in China, you know, and and what have you, right? All sorts of stuff. And I believe that everybody brings an interesting take on the table. While I was interviewing them, while well, I felt like I was going to break down, like the, it was tough, very emotional. Um, and they share the real juices, right? So as an entrepreneur, if you're starting your own business, you're doing your own side stuff, you have to know all these things. You have to be welcome into the world of being an entrepreneur, right? Where it's not just a job, it's not nine to five, you're not taking orders and all those kind of stuff. So I think it's a very real recount. Check out our new season, check out our new episode and I'll see you next week. Meanwhile, take care. If you're not an entrepreneur, it's okay. Just continue to hang out, keep doing what you do, create a life you love. Not everybody needs to start their own business. Okay? Take care, guys.